400 years. 400 years is a pretty long time. What about 400 years of silence? Silence from God? Well, that's a really long time. The book of Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament in the Bible. It's a book containing the words of God given to Malachi the prophet. The last words in the book of Malachi, so the last words in the Old Testament are this. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. And then God is silent for 400 years. No prophets, no angel visits, no words from God, nothing. And while God is silent, Israel is ruled by Persia and then overtaken by Alexander the Great, a Greek. Greek culture and language and religion become the norm. The Jews try to slide into the background and continue their way of life and worship, but that becomes forbidden on pain of death. The temple is turned into a pagan shrine and persecution becomes prevalent. A priest and his five sons lead a revolt and win. The temple is cleansed. The Jewish priests take over leadership. But the priestly leadership becomes corrupt, dictatorial, and immoral. And so the Roman general Pompey is asked by the Jewish leadership to come and restore order. They are riddled with internal strife and cannot move forward. So the Roman ruler Pompey comes and brings some peace and brings... Roman rule. Pompey even goes so far as to enter the Holy of Holies in the temple, an ultimate sacrilege, and he remains alive. Has God abandoned his temple? Has God abandoned his people, they ask? And still God remains silent. Throughout these 400 years, ruled by different nations, as Israelites scatter, as a national identity is demolished, as the sanctity of the temple, one of the foundations of their worship, crumbles around them, as all of these changes lead to divisions and denominations in the Jewish faith, they wonder, has God forgotten his people? Is he still good and merciful, full of love and powerful to protect us? And God is silent. And then God breaks the silence. After 400 years, he breaks his silence. And who does he talk to? What does he tell them? And how do they respond? Welcome to the Only One Thing podcast. I'm Melanie Salty, and this is Advent from Prophecy to Apocalypse. God breaks the silence. God breaks the silence in Luke 1. And today I want to create a space for us to sit and listen. It might be helpful for you to have a notebook and a pen ready to write down moments or phrases that stand out to you. And then go back to those after and ask God, why did 
these stand out to me? Holy Spirit, direct our ears as we listen. Lead us in your truth. Remind us of the ways of Jesus. Amen. God breaks the silence from Luke chapter 1. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, 
and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? And when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, No, his name is John. What? they exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him, and he motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise he wrote, His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. 
He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. God has not forgotten. His mercy has not run out on us. His light is still shining. His coming, his life, his death, his resurrection still snatch us from permanent death. We celebrate the coming of this Christ child, the breaking of God's silence to give us his own son. And we look forward to the day when we will never again know the silence of our God because we will see him face to face. We will live in the fullness of his presence for all eternity. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Thanks so much for listening today. Between episodes, you can find me over at Instagram at melanie.e.salty or at melaniesalty.com. I would love to connect with you. 